SEO is AEO. Welcome to the show, Jono Alderson. Wow. <laughs> amazing, amazing. It's, it, it, it's, it's losing some of its shine. <laughs> Lovely no, to meet great. you, Jono. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. Um, Bit about you. You're a futurologist, uh, an amateur one, I think. Though oh. I don't know if you can be a professional one. So I don't um, even know what one is. No, I think I have a lot of opinions about what might happen next, and uh, needed a way of describing that, and it was a handy word. So. Oh, it's not a thing then. Oh, it is. I think it's, it, it has um, connotations of pretentiousness. I know there are in large organisations that I quite often have. <laughs> no, but I've got everyone else will. No, I, so <laughs> I um, I spent a lot of time in agencies um, and SEO trying to build strategies for clients, and a lot of that depended on understanding understanding where everything was going and what, might, what, the, what the world might look like in five years from now if you're building a big strategy, committing a lot of resources. So I had to build an understanding and some estimated guesses on what, whether we'd have flying cars and what Amazon were up to and all these things. And yeah, that, that turned into futurology. So Brilliant. that's quite fun. And so you, you basically say, where will we be in 2024 if it's five years? Yeah, yeah, or maybe even a bit further, but it, yeah, obviously it gets harder the further out you go. So. Yeah, and last night I saw we're going to be with Global. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, the evil that. overlords. That was brilliant, by the way. Thank you. Night. Great piece of acting. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe. It's, um, I, I don't know. I, I spoke to the guys from, um, from Google afterwards and they're like, this, is, this feels like a really accurate description of of where they are and how everything works. So Brilliant, it might not, so. Have been, uh, might not have been theatre at all. Oh, right, oh, no. <laughs> Everybody can be very afraid. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> um, I, I saw the thing, what The Walking Dead taught me about the future of <laughs> consumer loyalty. What the... <laughs> is that? Oh, God, that was a while ago. That was really fun. Um, so that was the precursor to um, a whole bunch of stuff I've been thinking about around where digital marketing goes. Yeah. And the core of the premise was that... Um, we are, as consumers, saturated with choice. Uh, everything is becoming commodified. Products get cheaper to manufacture, they get cheaper to distribute, um, it's cheaper to enter most markets, increasingly everything is service-orientated, and consumer choice becomes the differentiator. And in a world where I'm empowered to, make, to do my own research and make decisions on what I want, then what makes the difference is quality. And I can choose which brands I do or don't want to engage with, and the only thing that really sets them apart is the quality of the experience they deliver. And as you start to change what it means to be a brand to focus on that, rather than I'm cheaper, I'm faster, I'm closer, because none of those things make sense to compete on, yeah. we need to really reinvent how we think about marketing and consumer research, and SEO in particular. Like it's not about trying to sell things at the bottom yeah. of the funnel, it's about trying to build awareness and preference. Okay, yeah, Rand was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, very much, and, and the flywheels and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you and Rand are getting on incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Well, so I think all of SEO is starting to converge on this. It yeah, is the same and we're, we're becoming digital marketing much yes. more, and, and I mean, Rand has, has brilliantly moved from just SEO, in inverted commas, to this digital marketing yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. I've got fun. Hats off to him, hats off to you. It was all brilliant stuff, but I didn't hear The Walking Dead in there. <laughs> no, so no, I, that, I mean, that so, was far Yeah, no, too so, so the rationale was. Um, I, I got bored of The Walking Dead as it kept, and I, I really wanted to like it. Um, um, and it had promised a lot of really good stuff. I like the dystopian future stuff. Um, and what I found was there was increasingly more television and more media um, available to me than I could or would ever consume. Yeah. And it got to the point where I thought, you know what? I will sacrifice never watching this. Just tell me the interesting bits. Give me the nugget of value and interest. I'll never watch Lost, but tell me, give me the ending. I'm not losing out on anything. You can give me the spoilers. And then yeah. that's where this whole set of thinking started. Like, okay. what if we just apply that to brands? Like, to give me what's the interesting nugget and don't make me consume all of the commodified noise to get to it. 
Brilliant. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> now that you've actually put it into contact with the Walking <laughs> yep. Dead, that was brilliant. Now we're on to the serious subject, Ooh. if that wasn't serious enough. SEO and AEO in a world without websites. Yeah, it's big, isn't it? Uh, Aaron Bradley said, don't invest in websites or don't put your money in websites. Yep. Would you agree? I really sit on the fence with this and I flip-flop. So I definitely see two possible futures. And one is um, that um, everything becomes more distributed and fragmented. And Wolfgang yesterday talked a lot about um, uh, search engines and ecosystems in other countries and things like WeChat is very popular in China, which we all know. Mm. But I don't think we are really seeing the extent to which people aren't interacting with websites. Like, the fact okay. if, if I'm if I'm going to buy um, a washing machine or a phone or a car or even a pizza, we're increasingly living in a world where I don't need to and probably don't want to visit that vendor's website as part of that process. Yeah. That raises some really interesting questions about what is that website for? Why does it exist? Why isn't it just an app? Or um, why aren't those services available in a marketplace like yeah. Amazon? What is the role? And I think. Um, in that world, we very much need to be thinking outwards and, and about how do I engage with consumers in a very broad distributed marketplace. And that gets very complicated. And the role of websites maybe becomes more about brand storytelling and, yeah. and immersion. That's certainly one way it could go. The other is um, the role of the website becomes all the more important. And Rand yeah. was talking about some of this yesterday yeah. that as a business, you need somewhere where your equity lives and you yes. need something that's owned. And, well, need is an interest. I, I think there's definitely, maybe you need that, maybe you don't, but his um, angle was definitely, um, you should have um, control of, controls the word, control of your property and content and your email list. And that has to live somewhere. Yeah. And there's a web, it makes sense that that's your and website. So you need to go and find people on all these other platforms. And bring them in. Live in and bring yes. them in. Make sure they've visited your yes. website and then you can start dealing with them through cookies, uh, through Absolutely. remarketing. But I think you could go either way. I think, and I don't know which way we go. Either we have a world where you bring people into this website or your website becomes a hub where you try and push content out to find the people where they are. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of the different, I don't like the idea of just being being put down. Andrea Volpini also talks a lot, uh, he's a big knowledge graph fan, yes. uh, talks a lot about uh, taking control of your own data and yes. being the go-to source for information about yourself, which implies yes. having some sort of hub, which would be the website. Absolutely. So you're saying, we need to go out and find people, bring them to the website in a la Rand, as it were, yep. um, then market them through email and remarketing to and make sure that we are the source of information so that when we do push the information out, it's being represented in the way we want yes. because we are the source. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Johnny and did. I think one of the reasons the world isn't like that at the moment is because that's quite technically difficult. Ah, and if okay. you've built a website three, five, ten years ago, to achieve that world, you have to re-architect entirely. You have to design all of your database structure and your content and your systems to work in that particular mechanism. Um, and if you don't already have that, it's very hard to create. So only now are people starting to build that kind of structure and system. And conveniently, this is the way that WordPress works. Oh. That's lucky. Isn't it just? So you have all of your content in a database and the architecture is designed to think, um, let's output this content in this context. Yeah. So that if I want my website to push content to WeChat, that's just as easy as showing a page on a web on a screen yeah. or sending a notification to a smartwatch. Yeah. And suddenly you go, actually, yes, I have a CMS and a website, but my content can be sent out elsewhere. And this system is designed to work that way. So yeah. we're now seeing businesses start to enable this. I have my web yes, my website is a hub where my stuff lives, but it's not tied to it. No, it's really pretty cool. 
I wish I was videoing this because you're getting all really excited. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. Like, this is the next wave of what the internet but, is. But you've got really into WordPress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been in Yoast for what, six months? Uh, a year now, just a over year. a year. Yeah, and, and feels you're like incredibly forever. excited about WordPress. You're yeah, getting right oh, I've always it. loved WordPress. It's oh, like, this okay. is, this is, I, I like. So it's your dream job? Yeah, it's perfect. Um, and I think 33% is pretty awesome, but I think. Um, when you listen to Matt Mullenweg and various other senior people in the WordPress ecosystem talk, they describe WordPress um, in two ways. They talk about it as the operating system for the web, mm. which I think is ambitious but wonderful. Oh, wow. Like this is how websites should work. Not, and, and I know people have different preferences for and against WordPress and other systems, but if we were to try and collectively say, how should a content management system behave and how should it be structured and function? That's what we're aiming for. Mm. And then the other component is they describe it as um, we are paving the cow path. So the cow path? Yeah, so when, you, when um, they, the, the cow tramples across the field and it creates the, yeah. the path. For, yeah, so that's what we're... I thought that was sheep. Oh, well, presumably, presumably many, many, many field-based animals do the same thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Agriculture's not my thing. Um, but we are... Um, kind of paving the way towards what the web becomes yeah, and this, this idea that um, WordPress might end up becoming the backbone of a world where you can distribute all of your content to all of your places where your consumers are but also use it to manage your website and your app and your PWA and your AMP pages and everything else from one system. I think we're not far away from that. No, yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, and this podcast, I mean, I'm going through Blueberry for, for that. David Bain suggested that oh, nice. because you can just pub publish it to WordPress directly onto all these platforms Great. and go <laughs> why, why, why would I make more effort than that? Yeah, you don't want to be maintaining 12 different systems. You want a no. single piece of, so one thing in the middle of it, the beating heart of it all that yeah. just manages it. I know, I was just talking to Yoast about it as well. I mean, if you keep your WordPress site relatively simple, you don't put lots of bells and whistles yep. on it. Uh, it remains reasonably fast. Yep. It's incredibly easy to manage. And, yep. uh, and, and it, it's when you start kind of messing with the, the core and, and, and putting in loads of plugins and bloating the whole thing up that it all kind of loses some of its shine. Yeah, and I think that's one of the strengths and weaknesses. Um, there are so many analogies, um, but like it, it boils down to you have something that's incredibly powerful and flexible, mm. and if you start bolting on a hundred awkwardly shaped bits of Lego onto it, of yeah. course that's going to impact it. There's no reason why you can't make it fast and performant and efficient and also do everything you want it to do. You just need to take a bit of care with it. Brilliant. Yeah, no, no, great. So, so we're big fans of WordPress today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're at Yo, <laughs> so that's, that's fair enough. Um, so we were actually supposed to be talking, not about WordPress, <laughs> but, but about on, on SERP SEO. Yep. Um, I mean, you've got the knowledge panels, you've got the feature snippets. You think that's going to get worse and worse, and that's what Rand's Or better saying. and better, I think, depending on your point of view. Yeah, Rand, yeah so Rand's, Rand's point, I really agree with, that in the short term, yeah. the way things are going is really good for users. We end up in a world where when I search for something, the experience I have is in context, it's aware of who I am and what I've done and all mm. of the accounts I've got connected to it, and it just solves my problem. It's not about it returning a URL, it's not about it giving me a web page, or even, it's not even about the content, it's about Google solving the entirety of my problem in situ. Yeah. And that is so good mm. in the short term. Yeah. In the longer term, as Rand perfectly pointed out, it removes the incentive for businesses and publishers to produce that content in the first place, because there's no reward for them necessarily. They, very rarely now get a link or a visit and even inc increasingly they don't even get cited as the source of the material yeah. and it's challenging. James, James Brockbank was talking about that though, the, the links are harder and harder to get Yes. Uh, and his point of view is because they're harder and harder to get when you do get them they're all the more powerful. Yeah 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 quite possibly um, yeah. yeah so I think um, this world where we see the a diminishing presence of a conventional search result yeah. and increasingly see 
solutions to queries is going, that's an increasing trend and I think yeah. voice and all sorts of new mechanisms will just push that further. Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, and, 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 I mean f from my point of view, I'm looking at, okay, I'm selling a product, yep. let's say. Uh, all, all of this kind of research, I, I get them on my blog or whatever, I find them on Facebook, I get them on Twitter, it doesn't really matter, but when they buy the product, they still have to come to me. So I'm safe, no? Maybe, and, and maybe at that point you get an opportunity to collect an email address and you, they, they have such a good experience with your product that next time they're in the market, they come back to you. Or when they know that their friends are looking for something that you sell, they make a recommendation. It still makes it very hard to get that initial sale. Yeah, and so what, what I'm hearing, and you didn't actually say that, but what I'm starting to hear is it's harder and harder to actually get the people to come to your website. Yes. Dan Saunders was talking about Amazon. He was saying, uh, they yeah, find your yeah. product, 60% of people then go and search on Amazon yep. to see if they can get a better deal than it. So in fact, your website becomes redundant. Quite possibly, or it targets people at a different stage of the buying cycle. Okay. And I know that at some point in the next 10 years, I am likely to purchase a new washing machine. That's you not are something. a futurologist. So <laughs> there we go, that's a prediction. Let's see if it comes true. We'll, we'll check back. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> it's, it's very deep and profound, right? Um, so I'm not in the market now. I'm not interested in washing machines. At no point will I think, you know what, I should do this evening with my time off. I should go and read up about washing machines. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. But at some point, I will enter that buying cycle. Now, if between now and then, I don't know, say Dyson, uh, produces some content which I stumble into on the web, which I think is interesting, relevant. I don't know, say a bit of research into global warming or something fun or a game or yeah. an app. It doesn't matter what it is. If they can build a brand connection with me now, then when I do get to the point where I start to enter that buying cycle and think, you know what, my washing machine is a bit broken, I should get a new one. The first thing that happens is I go, I trust that brand. And yeah. as, I, as the process of me researching and making decisions unfolds, the familiarity I have with their logo and their messaging and the preferences I've built up means they're more likely to win that. And it, it's not really SEO at that stage because all mm. the work's been done up front, but it means I've got to produce a very different type of content and have a very different type of conversation. I think that's what SEO becomes. It's not about closing deals at the bottom of the funnel and getting okay. clicks where people want to buy. It's about building future preference. So, I mean, in fact, the, the fact that things stay on SERP until the person actually buys something doesn't matter so much as long as your brand's out there. Yes. And, and in fact, sorry, I'm thinking about this. It's the idea that the SERP is, in fact, something you can at least partially control. And you can send your brand message through on the SERP, meta titles, meta descriptions, typically, yeah. typically things that people don't pay enough attention to. Knowledge panels, uh, there's an awful lot of space on the SERP where you can communicate who you are and what you're offering yes. and why you're a great uh, Yeah, you can tell brand. your story. You yeah, can tell your sure. story on the SERP. Yes, yeah, and and yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Is, is, that, is that a new specialization in SEO? So I, I so rarely see this. I think so. I think people are starting to take it more seriously as click-through rates and clicks and links diminish. Yeah. You suddenly go, okay, all we have is this advert, this tiny advert. Yeah. And historically, people have optimized that for rankings and yeah. for clicks. And it's been spammy, it's been action-oriented, it's been click this, buy now, special yeah, yeah. offer, 20% off. And consumers don't want that, and Google doesn't want that. And now, now we see the rise of storytelling. Yeah. And you go, this is a good fit for you because isn't this interesting due to these things? Here's our story. It's a very different type of messaging. So and it, you can tell part of the story on the SERP, another yes. part on Facebook, another part on Twitter, another part on Instagram, whatever it yep. might be. Um, and, and close the sale at the end on your site or on Amazon. Yeah, for, and I, I think you're Dan Saunders. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, I think there's a really interesting component to that, which is that there's. Um, 
we oversimplify the way we think about SEO and, and multi-channel marketing that we assume people search for something, they pick which result they're going to click, and then they move to the next stage of the funnel. The reality is they search multiple times with mm -hmm. multiple different keywords, they look on multiple platforms, they are influenced by what's happened in the past, mm -hmm. and actually what happens really nicely is the combination of all those experiences decides what happens next. So the mm -hmm. more you craft each of those components of the story, the, the better the whole works. So it's not just about how do I optimize this title tag to get the click here. It's about how do I connect my brand messaging across all of these experiences. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, the, the word holistic comes up. We <laughs> hear all the time, it's yeah. so empty, but yes. it, it, it is that. Yeah. And, and there isn't another real way, unless you've got another way to express No, that. and I think, yeah, word, the word holistic has become empty because people have misused it and not understood yeah. it. And they've tried to say, it's, it's never been holistic. Now it has to be. That, um, yeah, that, that overall view. Yes. That, that's the skill as well, I mean. Uh, yeah, I think that's what SEO is. It's the puppeteering of those channels and those experiences. Okay. The management of, do we push up all in this environment? Do we optimize this bit or that bit? Where do we want to make that nudge? I think yeah. that's what the discipline evolves into. And, and getting, getting the right balance. I mean, I tend to tell my clients, we're going to find the path of least resistance for you <laughs> yes. with your current situation, your competition, and the resources. Yeah, all, all those constraints, yeah. Um, and, and we figure out which, which is the block that is going to have the most effect so that yep. you're happy quickly. Yep. And then we're going to try and balance it all out and see which levers we should be pulling. Yeah, that sounds like strategy. <laughs> Something that's also been lacking in SEO, Ooh, I think, for you're a You're a futurologist <laughs> and I'm a strategist. Nice. Brilliant. Yep. Okay. Excellent. I think, I think we, can, we can settle on that for the day. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, very end of all this then, I mean, we're looking at, yes, keep your website. Uh, the traffic you have to your website is going to become more and more precious and more yeah. and more the, the, core, the core people that you're actually and dealing with. I think with. more on that, that um, historically the way we've approached that is to say, how do I rank for the biggest keyword? How mm. do I get the highest rankings? How do I get the most people? How do I get the highest click-through rate? And then how do I convert some tiny percentage of that? So can I get a million visitors and convert 1% of them? I think that world no longer works. Mm. I think now you should be aiming for 1,000 visitors and to convert half of them. Like it's not a volume game anymore. It's a right fit and a quality game. Yeah, no, brilliant. And sorry, I was talking to Kate Toon earlier today, and she has this triangle, and she's saying, like, as they read through my content, I want to get rid of the chaff, yeah, so that I only keep the, the little point at yep. the bottom, upside down triangle. <laughs> uh, and, and it's the same kind of thing, except for the fact we're, we're saying we want the valuable traffic, we want that point, and, and the big chunk at the beginning is not well, necessarily on our side. Oh, well, yes and no. I think, I oh. think from a commercial perspective, yes, but there's one more challenge, which is that um, if you consider that um, recommendation and reputation is going to play an increasing role yeah. and that systems like Google Home and Alexa will look for those kinds of signals and because we're trying to influence people much higher at the buying cycle, you don't know which of that big start part of the audience will convert. You have to influence all of them Ooh. positively. Essentially, you have to market to everybody and then gracefully kind of bring them down the funnel. So it's not as much about getting rid of the ones you don't want, but it's about trying to convince the ones that might convert to take that next step, which is hard. It's yeah. a big brief. I, I love the word gracefully. Hmm. That, that's a really nice way of saying it. It's, it's, I don't it's want to so rare on the web. Right? Buy yeah. now, click here. No, 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 I, I said get rid me. of the chaff, which is actually not <laughs> graceful at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're saying, yeah, uh, gracefully bring it, bring it down to the people who will actually convert, yep. who are actually interested in what we've got. Yes. Um, and that takes time and it takes multiple visits and it takes building brand awareness and affinity. And that's not something you can do overnight. And it's a very different type of thinking from how do I get people to click my result and then convince them to convert. It's yeah. a much slower burn. I mean, and, and the idea of reputation becomes increasingly important. I mean, Aaron Bradley was saying there is perhaps a, a second algorithm for the feature set, mm. and it's based on your trust, on your reputation. We've yep. got knowledge-based trust with uh, Zinlun and Dong. Uh, 
talking about knowledge-based stuff, and you're saying your reputation isn't going to be the only thing that matters. And we were talking, I was talking, sorry, to, to uh, Regine Leroux, with my terribly nice, <laughs> nice accent. Very nice. Um, she, she's a specialist in, in reputation, which is brilliant. Um, so, reputation? Yeah, and here's the really scary thing that no one's thinking about, which is if we consider that more and more stuff is happening in the SERP, if I rank in position one, mm. it doesn't matter how good my advert and my title and my description are, if the result in position two or the knowledge graph on the side says that I have a two-star product. Brilliant. And then the way you think about SEO and digital marketing needs to expand to encompass the whole user research process because all I have to do is see that two-star and then I'm not going to click. And conventional SEO will sit back and say, oh, what should I do? Should I tweak my title? Should I improve my content? Should I get more links? and they're looking at the wrong things. Yep. What they need to be doing is improving their product, their reputation, their pricing, whatever that is, yep. and, and optimizing for the SERP, not for the click, not for the page, yep. but for the SERP itself. Yeah, and I've, 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 I've been measuring uh, brand SERPs, where I ping Google with the brand, nice. uh, you get the results, and then I measure the sentiment, the number of stars, the oh, rich great. features, yep. uh, and then try and develop a score out of it. Yep. I was talking to Regina. So I, I did a big research piece that was similar, and the thing oh, it found you? was that better pages get more clicks. Shocking. Okay. <laughs> better pages or better... Uh, results. better results. So results with good star ratings and great images and better content, oh, okay. get better visits, get better reputation, and the whole thing feeds itself. So what you're saying is that if I type a term in and I get lots of two-star reviews, I will then type a different term yep. in because it, it, I'm looking at it and saying, well, my, the, the product I'm looking this is for is bad. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I then change the, the search. So if I, I search for the, the Zoom X5 and it was getting two stars, and I would search for uh, a, a competitor brand. Yep. Unconventional SEO will just see those as two different keywords and say which one do we want to rank for and how should we optimize it. It's not. It's one person on a research journey. And everything that they see and the experience they have influences where they spend their money. That's what we need to be optimizing for. And it's so hard to think like that, but that, that's the reality of it. That's a brilliant ending. <laughs> I think that just ends it perfectly. So SEO is AEO. Thank you, Jono, and it rhymes. <laughs> Amazing. I, I planned my name especially for this. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That was brilliant. That was a treat.